0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC and folks the fallout from Liverpool's 3-0 win over Leeds United continues. Leeds fans continue to embarrass themselves and cry about the sending off of Pascal Struijk ignoring the fact that that sending off helped them more than it helped Liverpool. After that sending off, after that incident, Liverpool clearly took the foot off the gas. Liverpool settled back into just controlling the game, seeing the game out. It clearly had a, a bad effect on a couple of players. It helped Leeds. But yet we have the square ball with an article that has a tagline. There was unity of sympathy for Elliot." Well, that's not true. Because large portions of your fan base were singing negative songs at him. And an understanding for Strujic, whose remorse was off, was obvious. That is true. That is fair. His remorse was obvious. He looked absolutely devastated. Van Dyke made a point of comforting him. Also true. And his manager, Jurgen Klopp, alone in his thirst for revenge, seated in the background. This just isn't true. Isn't true at all. Not even slightly true. Jurgen Klopp was devastated. Jurgen Klopp's only thought was concern for Harvey Elliott. An 18-year-old lying on the ground with his ankle torn out of the socket, popped out, flopping about. Jurgen Klopp was standing looking at this happen. He wasn't seething about anything. There was no thirst for revenge at all. This is embarrassing stuff from Leeds United fans. Leeds fans should concern themselves more with the fact that had Sadio Mane been in top form, he likely would have scored four goals. Virgil van Dijk missed an open header. Diogo Jota missed a half-decent chance, and Javier Elliott himself in the first half missed a good chance. We also had a goal disallowed. Leeds fans, you would think, would be more concerned with the fact that on their home pitch, they got... Put across the knee and spanked, Liverpool could and should have scored six or seven goals in this game, and it would not have flattered them. It wouldn't have been out of context to what the game was. It wouldn't have been an alien result. Liverpool absolutely wiped the floor with Leeds United at the weekend. It was a comprehensive demolition. Leeds were saved only by poor finishing and an injury to a Liverpool player that affected the rest of his teammates. So to come out with this tripe and blame Jurgen Klopp for the sending off is just very, very strange. Jurgen Klopp went on the pitch. Now that's not advisable. He probably shouldn't have done that. But he went on the pitch because he had concern for his player. Nothing else an 18-year-old was lying on the ground having suffered a devastating traumatic injury. You would want your manager out there. I don't understand this narrative that Leeds fans are pushing forward. I think they should be quite ashamed of themselves. But maybe it's a really nice, convenient thing for them to do to distract people from what actually happened on Sunday, to distract people from the one-sided ass-kicking that took place on the pitch and from their disgusting actions in the stands. Maybe that's what this is. But I would say to Leeds fans, you really should concern yourselves more with your team's performance. You should concern yourself with the fact that your defence looks like a gang of lads who won raffle tickets to play. Your midfield looked like they'd met beforehand And Patrick Bamford is still waiting to meet an attacking teammate because nobody got within 40 yards of him. The only two Leeds players that came out of that game with any credit were Calvin Phillips, who fought a one-man battle in midfield and lost badly, but kept fighting to the end. And Rafinha, who caused us some trouble. And that's it. That is it. Now, speaking of Calvin Phillips, I did see Goal.com. Thiago or Phillips, choose one. This was yesterday. No, sorry, this was Sunday after the game. I don't understand how you could have just watched that game of football and come away thinking that this was even a close call. Thiago Alcantara is one of the best midfield players in the world. Calvin Phillips is really good. Really, really good. And if we had wanted to buy this summer a Ginny Wijnaldum replacement For me, and I would imagine for the club, he would have been high on the list of potential targets. Now, he would have cost quite a bit because obviously English tax, but Calvin Phillips is a very, very good player. But Thiago Alcantara is one of the best players in the world, not best midfielders. He's one of the best players in the world. In the five years before he joined us, he was arguably the best midfielder in the world across that period of time. He was a top 15 player in the world. Now, just because there's some perceived nonsense about last season, it doesn't distract from what he's done in his career. It doesn't distract from the player he is. You're talking about a guy that's won everything, played for a top international team, now three of the biggest clubs in the world, routinely looks the best player on the pitch. Through the last 10 games of last season, he was the best player in the league. But because he missed a few months with an injury, after a horror show of a tackle. And then because Liverpool were forced to play him at a position, at a time when Liverpool were just going through a really bad run, little of which was directly as a result of him, people seem to have this impression that he was dreadful last season. But remember, he started the season really well. He played against Chelsea and played them off the pitch on their own stadium. He played against Everton. He was the best player in that derby. And then he got injured. And then he was out for ages. And then when he came back, he was played in a position that wasn't his own. And he had some good games and some some bad games. But the last 10 games of the season, he was phenomenal. He played 24 league games last season. He was... Excellent in well over half of them. Not good, excellent in well over half of them. He was good in a couple more, and he had maybe five or six bad games. Coming back from a serious injury, which we don't really know the full extent of, could well have been a broken leg. Being played out of position. Having to play with Jordan Henderson as one of the centre-backs behind him. Out of position. Jordan didn't want to play centre-back. And he couldn't play centre-back. And it had a negative effect on the team when he was there. So the idea that Thiago is somehow to blame for what happened to Liverpool last season. Or that he didn't impress last season. Is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. So to compare him to Calvin Phillips is insulting. And it does Phillips a massive disservice as well. Compare Phillips to players like Jordan Henderson. Compare him to Declan Rice. Compare him to that calibre of player. Don't compare him to the very best of the best. Uh, Let's jump around the main Liverpool sites for the moment. Liverpool.com have an article up linking Liverpool to Kareem Adiemi of RB uh, RB Salzburg, I should say. Excellent young player, obviously been linked with Barcelona and Bayern as well. German international now already. He would make a lot of sense for Liverpool. Now, it'll would be, it be difficult to get him because once Bayern are in for a German player, they generally tend to be the favourites for him. But if Liverpool move quickly and aggressively, they can get that done. There's another piece up about how the next Luis Suarez could solve Jurgen Klopp's long-term tactical problem. Uh, Mohamed Salah is a Liverpool icon And Manchester City, Everton and Chelsea all prove it I mean, the Salah numbers are are just mind-blowing And, you know, we hear a lot about, you know The, the best winger ever to play in the Premier League I, I'm sorry, it's not close now It's just not close Most goals in a Premier League season, Salah Most Premier League goals as a winger, Salah Most opening days scored in consecutively, Salah Most player of the month in one season, Salah. Most teams scored against in one season, Salah. Most games scored in in one season, Salah. Fewest minutes to reach 50 goals, Salah. And the most goals in a season by an African player, Mo Salah. He is just a record breaker. It's insane what he has done since joining Liverpool. And he gets to 100 goals in the Premier League. well ahead of anybody else who played a similar position. The guys ahead of him, Shearer, Aguero, Kane, they're number nines. They're not wide forwards. They're number nines. And when you hear people say, oh, Cristiano was better, you know it's nonsense. Look at the goals per game. Look at the goals per minute. And when they tell you, oh, but Cristiano played wide in a 4 4 No, he didn't. In his early seasons, yes he did When he became A great player for United He was playing left side of a four-three-three With Carlos Tevez on the right Wayne Rooney through the middle And Cristiano on the left And his role was identical to what Salah's is now Because Rooney would drop out the way Firmino drops out And Cristiano would take that space And if it wasn't Rooney It was and who did the same thing So ignore all of that It's all nonsense Mo Salah's the best inside forward, winger, wide forward, whatever you want to call them, to ever play in the Premier League. And it's not close anymore. It just isn't close. Because what Cristiano did at Real Madrid is irrelevant to what he did at Manchester United. And people seem to forget that. Cristiano at Manchester United was not the Cristiano that played at Real Madrid. He went up multiple levels at Real Madrid. Obviously, going into the prime of his career and then beyond, he went up several levels at Real Madrid. He was not on the level of Mo Salah when he was at Manchester United. We'll leave it there for today. Check out the new content on Anfield Index and Anfield Index Pro. There is an article from Steve Smith, uh, how Stephen Gerrard can become Liverpool manager, the steps Gerrard would need to take to put himself in a position to be considered post Um Podcast-wise, we have the Gags Tandon post-match show, Gags hijacking Nina's show on Sunday after the game. That is up on the free side. There will be uh, an AI podcast this week with Trev, Cam, and Carl. On pro, there is a scouted preview for Milan, myself and Carl. We also take a stab at picking our favourite all-time AC Milan 11s. We had to include subs benches because there's just too many players. Obviously, there was a, a Raw at the weekend as well after the game. There is Rate Don't Hate being recorded today. It will be out this evening. Under Pressure is being recorded live this evening at about 8.30. If you are a member of the Discord, make sure you're on that. Give it a listen. Join in. The lads are always looking for input and questions and things like that. So do give that a go. And Minefield will be out tomorrow. So that's really one to look forward to. Always, always good. And that's it. Thanks very much. See you tomorrow. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.